This is The Real Magic Podcast. Learn about great design and use it to get great results. Now your hosts, Greg Merrilies and Alan Nunez. Hello, listener, and thank you for joining Greg and I today for The Real Magic Design Podcast, where we unpack our experience to help designers and business owners understand how to create amazing designs and work together to make design that's profitable. I am Alan from Pixel Partners HQ, and here's my fabulous co-host, Greg from Studio One Design. G'day, Big Al. How are you, mate? Mate, I'm awesome. We've got an epic episode this week. So before we get into this topic, mate, what have you been up to? You've got some exciting stuff going on at the moment. Well, we do, mate. Yeah. And you know what? Like, it's kind of tying into this episode for sure, because lately we've released a three-part blog series, and literally I'm talking today was the third part, right? So I just thought it's really, and I've got some really good feedback from our clients and, and prospects that have read the, well, not prospects, but people in general that have read the blog. And I thought it'd be really beneficial if we could kind of talk about that on this podcast, because we might reach a, a you know, a wider audience to help more people. Look, I absolutely agree. You know, I've been thinking a lot about how do I get, you know, what we do great at Pixel Partners out to the the wider world, you know, like it, it just amazes me how many people come to us and don't don't have the basic understanding of what they need to to take their design. I mean, for us in particular around products and Amazon to the next level, and this is what this is what you're doing. I mean, really indirectly you've been heavily heavily involved in people's branding for a long time i mean the reality is that web design has to a certain extent for a lot of small businesses become the basis for their branding it's become the 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 tip of the spear and then everything else is growing off that and and what you've done is you've you've taken this and gone you know what we're doing is fantastic but to make it absolutely amazing, to make it epic, to make it something that, you know, businesses can really leverage, you need to turn it into something more substantial, which is which is what you're doing with, firstly, you know, your branding product offerings, shameless plug for Greg, <laughs> um, but also in the information and the content that you're delivering for free, both through your, your blog posts. Uh, so, listen, go and check out the blog posts on studio1.com and on, on these next few episodes. So, do you want to tell the listener a little bit about what your plan is for the next three episodes? Yeah, sure. And for a start, it's studio1design.com. <laughs> Isn't that what I said? <laughs> I think you left out the design but that's cool. Oh, I've got it up in front of me too, Greg. Uh, I thought I'd actually read it, but I must have mushy brain this morning. <laughs> it's all good, mate. Yeah, so really it's studiodesign.com forward slash blog and, yeah, you'll see the, the three most recent. But really, yeah, I'm just going to break it down into the, the three blog posts and, you know, we'll have slightly different titles and we'll have a bit of banter about what we've put in the blog post on this podcast. But the first one's sort of talking, it's like an overview of about, uh, sorry, an overview of, you know, why branding matters essentially, right? And we're going to talk a little bit about what it is and what it means to small businesses and that sort of thing. And then the second episode will be about, you know, we're really going to dive deep into how to create a powerful brand identity. And then on the last episode, we're going to talk about how to create a brand style guide. Now, you and I discussed this way back on episode 17, but back then we were sort of talking more from a designer's perspective and how to work with a brand style guide. But this is how a small business can create a brand style guide for, you know, for their brand essentially. Nice, because you know what? It is something that is really lacking in so many small businesses is is the guide. It's the the direction of, of where it's got to go. 
before you can do that, we've got to start with the basics. <laughs> what have you been up to, Al? <laughs> no, no, I oh, meant okay. like I, I meant like the basics of branding. We, we, oh, we you do, know, we're, we're well we past do. what have we been up to. <laughs> well, that's I what mean, I'm like, wondering. What are you doing there? You know, why why does branding actually matter? Like, you know, yeah, well, for sure. And I just want to touch on another quick point as well. What we're doing here is repurposing content, which. You know, it's it's a smart thing to do for any small business. So, you know, we've created this blog post and we're offering a, a product out of it, you know, which is a branding thing. We're offering style guides, that sort of thing. And what we're doing now on this podcast is repurposing the actual, you know, the content that we put on the blog post. So that's just a, a killer tip there for, for any business so that you can get a lot of mileage out of doing a, a podcast or a, or a blog post. All right. So where do we start? Yeah, well, look, I just want to say, you know, from the start that your brand is really, it's what other people, and Jeff Bezos sort of talks about this. His definition of branding is what other people say about your business or you when you're not in the room, right? And I I love that. And then I think uh, we interviewed Taki Moore once and he said, you know, we were talking about, does he have a brand guide? And he said, not really, but he has like a vibe guide, you know, and I really, that resonated a lot with you and IL. And so it's also made me think about, you know, the, the movie, The Castle back in 1997, Australian film, and the lawyer is in court and he's, he's arguing the case for his client and he's saying it's Marbo, it's, uh, it's justice. It's the vibe. Yep. It's the vibe. Right. So to me, (laughs) the vibe. So for our non-Australian listeners, you're probably not going to get that, but I love that film, The Castle. It's a, it's an iconic Australian movie. Yeah. And to me, it's, you know, a brand guide is really the vibe of the look and feel of your entire brand. And if you go to our blog post, we've actually got that little clip from the castle on on there as a video. So check that out. It's quite funny. Yeah. And look, I think to a certain extent, the vibe is just such a great way to describe it. And and I think you, you start with the look and feel, but then that vibe extends out and you've got to ask yourself the question about everything you do. Does it fit my brand or is it within the vibe of my brand? And I, I feel really corny saying that, but, you know, it's it's how you answer the phone. It's how you reply to emails, you know, like it's it should be all encompassing. But the reality is when we're talking branding from a design point of view you really need to start with that that brand look feel and character yeah and it is the personality of your brand you know it's the visuals visuals mean so much it's really when somebody has an interaction with your brand they will generally remember the look and feel right so it's like the the first impressions matter so much and you know visuals are a big part of a business's um, first impression and you never really get a chance sorry a second chance at making a first impression right so therefore to me it's it's crucially important that the visuals of your brand are congruent across all of your touch points and they represent the personality of your brand of your business and, and and I think what's really important too is that everybody within your business knows and understands the importance of the brand. So I'm dealing with a with a client at the moment who I've been dealing with for 10 years and, you know, we've done epic amounts of branding work for them over the years and created, you know, a character. But what was missing was that, firstly, it wasn't well documented and, secondly, everybody in the organisation didn't understand the importance of the brand and we literally had one rogue element. Now, I call that 
that person a rogue element, but they were employed to, to take on expanding their social media. And, you know, I genuinely believe in the, in the few weeks that she was doing that role without anybody checking on it and making sure that it was on brand, she was doing irreparable damage to the brand, yeah. you know. So, you know, you do need to make sure everybody understands the character of the brand, the vibe and what that means visually. Yeah, most definitely. And so essentially, like your visual brand identity is the unified visual design message of things like your, you know, it's more than your logo, right? So it's your color palettes, your typography, it's the imagery, it's the, you know, if you have products, it could be the packaging of those products, your website, your social media, and pretty much all of the visual elements in your business, right? So to me, it's like, these are the visual cues that need to be designed congruently so that you're more memorable, essentially. Now, you read that straight from the blog post, didn't you, Greg? I read just the bit from <laughs> what the things were, like your logo, etc. Because to me, you know, so, so, so many people think that it's just your logo. And I just wanted to reiterate that it's so much more than just your logo. Matt, I wasn't hassling you, but you know what? Go and read the blog post because that is actually a really, really great description of, you know, what is in your brand identity. And I think people get mistaken between their logo, their brand, and their brand identity, which is sort of more encompassing than just the brand mark. I mean, the word brand stems from a time in the past where they would burn a brand onto barrels so they could identify who's whose stock was in that those barrels, whose goods were in those barrels, you know? And then, you know, the same with cattle, you know? it's So your brand is that mark, right? But your brand identity is so much more than that, you know? And, and your brand should make you relevant to your customers. It should yes. generate trust within your customers, That's you know? That's the key point here, you know? Like if you think about a brand that has invested in in their brand overall and they have a brand style guide and they have a, a consistent look of feel across everything, then that is essentially going to build trust. And the more trust you build, the more sales you get essentially. So that's why we're talking about this. And I, that's why I see it as something that's crucially important. And just a few other benefits that you're going to get from it is you will stand out from your competitors if you, you know, if you find a designer that has a good process for giving you a, a unique look and feel, but it will also increase the perceived value of your business as well. So, you know, if you get this right, even if you're a one-man band, you can potentially charge more because of that, you know, that higher perceived value. And, you know, this is becoming more and more challenging in today's business world because there was a time where... You know, the average small business couldn't affordably access amazing design, but we're a truly global world today and, you know, design, professional design at, at so many different levels is readily available today. So it's not just about making a pretty brand mark. It's not just make, about making a pretty brand logo. Like you said, it's about having a designer who can get the right in from, information from you to bring that brand to life. And, you know, every business wants to stand out from their competitors. Every business wants to be perceived as a high value offering, you know, and I just, it, 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 it's, it astounds me that so many businesses get this wrong and they don't prioritize it and they, 
they either make a poor selection in the right designer to do the work or they just find a cheap solution that gives them a logo but doesn't develop a brand. Yeah, most definitely. And another thing, another huge benefit is really if you think about not just attracting the right client but maintaining loyalty and, you know, customer retention. Like if you're consistent with the way you deliver um, you know, you might be a coach and you deliver training and it might be via video or, or, you know, PDFs or whatever the case is. If you have a consistent brand look and feel throughout all of that and all of your touch points from that point, you're going to have a better chance of, uh, you know, retaining a, retaining a customer and having client loyalty. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, th- this example that I mentioned before, right, one of the things that they were doing was that they were sending out uh, emails to their customers yep. on, on, a, on a weekly basis. And I've seen better email design in 2001 done by a high school kid than, than what was going out on these emails. And let me tell you, in that period, they did not have one conversion from the emails, <laughs> right? Like that's that's a pretty good effort to send out that many emails and not have one conversion. And we've had to, to take a number of months to reinforce the brand in the emails, get it back up to that really, really high standard. And, you know, we've literally just started a campaign yesterday. And because it's on brand, the messaging is correct. Everything is cohesive with us as a brand we literally made conversions minutes after the email went out oh that is awesome yeah so so please listeners you know take note of what greg's talking about here because you know your brand identity is invaluable and unfortunately most of you are in the position where you might be trying to communicate with your brand and you're not doing it cohesively and i can tell you now it is it is costing you money yeah whether you realize it or not it is costing you money that's right. Well, let's let's sort of let the listener know how they can create, you know, brand visual, like their own brand visual identity and and even, you know, we'll sort of touch on what they would need to brief their designer on. And realistically, they need to find a designer and you'll find a designer by looking at their folio, et cetera. And it's not just a shameless plug for me. I really want to help, you know, any small business that's listened to this anywhere in the world that might have their own designers already. They might have in-house. But really, you want to make sure that your designer has a really good strategy for discovering more about your business before they start working on your brand you know, in the first place, because they need to do research. To me, it's like a, um, it's almost like starting a new business. The designer would need to go and check out your competition. They would need to ask you, you know, a series of questions like, you know, what problem does your your brand solve? And then find out who your target market is and, and just even go to the extent of um, finding out where they hang out and go hang out with them, you know, if they're in Facebook groups and see what they like, see what their, their frustrations are, see what bands they follow or music or, or whatever they're into. That's something that's going to be an important part of your designer creating a look that's going to resonate with that audience. Yeah, look, let, let me <laughs> – I, I – um, we just – posted a video on Facebook today. Now, obviously, this this podcast goes out about a week after we record it. Yep. So, you know, just scroll back, find Pixel Partners on, on Facebook and scroll back. And there, there's a video there, and it tells a story about this, you know, brand new ship that was being built, and they couldn't get the engine to start. And they, they brought in this this man who's been working on engines for, no, ship engines in specific 
for, for his whole life since he was a youngster. And, you know, he walks in with his bag of tools and the owners are, you know, watching him. They're desperate to get this fixed. And he walks around and he checks everything and he pulls out this tiny little hammer and taps the hammer, right, yeah. and bang, the engine starts. He then leaves and sends them an invoice for $10,000. And they were horrified. They're like, but you barely did anything. All you did was tap a hammer. Can you please send us an itemized invoice, right? Yeah. And the itemized invoice was $2 to tap hammer, <laughs> $9,998 for knowing where to tap the hammer, right? <laughs> and, and I know that's, you know, it's completely unrelated to design, <laughs> but when you really think about it, this is what Greg's talking about. You know, it's the years of experience, the knowledge, the ability to look around and find and identify what needs to be done when building a brand. Right? Mm. So I, I know from experience, I've seen Greg's work, you know, he's very thorough in asking a lot of questions so that he, he and his team can go off and do that discovery phase, the research yeah. phase. And come back with something that is going to be the character of your business, the vibe, you know, and it's going to carry businesses to the next level, yeah. you know. So, and he does this with his websites. And, and to a certain extent, I think that inadvertently customers have been um, then taking that and running with it as a brand. And unfortunately, maybe not implementing or executing it properly because the design was not for a brand, it was for a website. So now- mm. You know, that we're trying to make people aware that there is a difference. You yeah. know, you don't build a website and turn that into your brand. You build a brand, you apply it to your website, and then you apply it to everything else with some guidance. Yeah, most definitely. But I just want to break the myth that, you know, we have been we have been like injecting, you know, a brand look and feel into websites and we've been doing it quite successfully. And some people, like some of our clients are quite surprised that we've done such a good job and just because we have a, a good process for it, and it does come from the questionnaire. But um, I want to demystify the fact that, you know, there's some agencies out there that are charging a ridiculous price tag to produce a brand strategy document and in my opinion like it's totally unnecessary and most of them are completely overpriced overworked multiple page documents that are just full of fluffy wanker jargon basically and stuff oh. that, that you don't need you know so that's why we're breaking this down into there's only a few questions that your designer, designer really does need to know and those those brand documents as spectacular as yeah. some of them look you know I, I've seen so many of them on our side, and I'm sure you have too on your yeah. side of the business uh, when you're being delivered these as the guide for what you're designing, that you come to realise that a lot of it is really just templatized. Oh, and I'm sorry to these big branding companies because I know you're not all like that, but it's almost like they've got a template that they need to fill in before they can hand it to the customer. And yes, they do research, and, and, and I'm not saying they do a bad job, but I think there's more to it than just that document, you know, and you mm. could simplify it a lot. So, Greg, I mean, what, what re really, what does a business owner need to give their designer in this process? What would you want to, to be to be given if somebody came to you? Yeah, well, we touched on a few questions before, but another one is like, where do you see your brand in five years from now? Because really your designer needs to, you know, create a, a look and feel and a, a set of design elements, et cetera, that's going to reflect that, you know? They also need to know what feeling you want to evoke from your target market with your brand. And that's a big one because, 
you know, like with marketing these days, and not just these days in general, but uh, especially on websites, what we're trying to do these days is um, produce a look and feel that is uh, sort of works well with the copyright. And we touched on this last week with uh, with Sue. Uh, but realistically, what we want to do is. Uh, capture their them emotionally you know what I mean so um, the images and the look and feel needs to talk to the copy but work as one so that you can essentially yeah get get people engaged emotionally that's the goal here absolutely I mean people buy on emotion yeah I mean I I know there are some people out there that are very analytical but at the end of the day I think the great majority of people buy on emotion I mean I I do (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and when your designer's asking you a series of questions, like try not to give a, a one word answer, like give a detailed answer, you know, like if someone says, who's your target market? And don't just say women, but talk about, you know, women and their age group and their frustrations and, you know, their socioeconomical status and, um, you know, the profession, their location, pretty much everything you can think of to give your designer, you know, as much ammunition as possible so that they can give you a well-rounded, um, you know, design solution. Look, absolutely. You know, um, I'm big on keeping things simple, but in this case, you know, go over the top, you know, tell your story, expand on everything you say, and even if it sound, feels a little bit like a, a waffle or a rant, you know, just, just keep going because the more you can deliver, the better. Yeah, most definitely. So, yeah. And, you know, look, they're probably the main questions that a designer should ask you, but then realistically they'll probably have another 10 or, or 20, but these are the most important ones that we've just kind of gone over there. All right, so then the next thing, because we've got uh, already 23 minutes in, Al. (laughs) So (laughs) I just wanted to, and we're, yeah, we're almost done, but I just wanted to touch on, you know, what makes a successful uh, visual brand identity, right? So, and it's so much more than a logo, and it really needs to, you know, represent your brand as a whole. But things that your visual identity need to represent are things like being distinct. So, you know, design that stands out amongst your competitors. And that's why the research phase is so, you know, so crucially important. We want to see what they're doing, like what your competitors are doing so that we're, we're not like them, right? And obviously you want to have a strong visual impact. Like if you think about if you're scrolling through Facebook or or, you know, social media in general. And normally what, you know, you know, something that's going to grab your attention is is what we're sort of aiming for here. I mean, with a website, for instance, you're, you know, you're not really competing against other websites when you're viewing a website because you're only viewing one at a time. But um, when you're scrolling through social, you're up against many other things. So, you look, I'm not saying you have to stand out and, and use a bright color and things like that, but you want to have a unique look, okay? And then the more you release this unique look out into the marketplace, the more memorable it becomes. So, you know, that's the goal here, to be memorable. Obviously, it needs to be, you know, a cohesive look and it needs to be easy to apply across all of your different marketing touch points. So, you know, for instance, if your branding has too many colors in it, it's not going to be as memorable and it's not going to be as easy to work across many touch points. And it might be down to a T-shirt print or a sign on your window. You know, things like that only work really well and easy to reproduce if they are in a limited color palette, for instance. Look, absolutely. I mean, there's. Uh, I was in. Uh, I'm trying to think where I was. I might have been in China a number of years ago, and and I was on a Skype call to my kids, and 
you know, I don't, I don't drink Coke as a general rule, but it was kind of all I had to drink and it was sitting on the table behind me and it was in Chinese, right? So, but my kids were instantly able to identify, oh, "Oh, dad, you're drinking a can of Coke. You know, they found it really interesting that I was in another country and I could still get Coke. And it wasn't until I turned around and actually looked at the can to realise that there was no English text on that can and the brand did look slightly different because of the, the, the different characters. But that's a, a great example, you know, brand that has a cohesive, simple colour scheme is going to stand out. You yeah. know, people are going to recognise it. And, you know, we're talking about social media and things like that and how people see you and delivering consistency and, you know, being cohesive and all these things. You know, at the moment, Google search results are still heavily weighted towards text, right? But if you keep an eye on Google search results, you're going to see more and more visual elements being injected into the results page. So you're going to see more image results. You're going to see, you know, like I'm looking at at something like a a search term website design, right? Mm -hmm. And it's got people also searched for design, graphic design, search engine optimization, marketing, and they've all got images above them. Yeah, right. So focus on your brand because it's going I, I believe that the visual representation of your brand in a really, really noisy world is gonna get more and more important moving into the future. You know, it is it has always been important, but I think for the small business market it's gonna become really, really critical. So you know, my, my advice is go to studio1design.com forward slash why hyphen branding hyphen matters or just click on the blog button in, in the menu and just have a quick read of this this blog post and take some notes because honestly, it's invaluable information and I think it's very generous that Greg's gone to the effort to to document a lot of the things that he does. You know, it's a little bit of his IP and and give it out to everybody. And, you know, Greg knows that not every single person that reads that article is a potential customer, but if he can help somebody, then I think that's that's a win. Yeah. Wouldn't you agree, Greg? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. But was, <laughs> Shameless plug for Greg again. I, I did get the URL right this time. Yeah. You did. Thanks, mate. Yeah. But look, I mean, seriously, there's a few other, like we touched on the, the mistake then of, you know, having too many colors. And I would say in general as well, you don't want too many mixed elements, like different look and feel of elements and, um, you know, textures and, and images and all that. You want a cohesive look. Uh, around the visual identity of your brand, you know, so it, it's it really comes down to um, you know being more me- memorable, and the way you're going to do that is being consistent with the minimum kind of effective dose, if you know what I mean. So to give you another example, like um, if for instance you uh, let's say a logo, think about Apple or you know McDonald's or um, I don't know, just all those really simple, or Nike, for instance, simple basic icons, they can work in a single color and just be absolute. I know they, you know, they, they're big on uh, putting their brand everywhere, but you know, it's something that can be used in a single color. And I think most uh, small businesses try to be too complex with their logos and their branding look and feel. But if you think about the biggest brand in the world, in the world, they usually have a simple icon and they own a color. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I think when we're designing um, uh, product logos, we don't do as much branding as you do, but we do things like campaign logos and, and um, product logos. Uh, you know, we ask ourselves the question, does it work in black? 
Yeah, we take it one yeah. one step back. Like, c- c- can this grab your attention with no colour? And if it does, then we can introduce a colour or, you know, a primary colour and a secondary colour, but we always try and keep it as simple as we possibly can. Yeah, most definitely. And then I just really want to close on the fact that, you know, if you don't have a, a brand or, you know, let's say if you go to a really cheap kind of designer, you sort of risk having, you know, the perception of your business not being as awesome as your your business potentially is. So, well, Taki Moore says it really, really he well. Does. You know, he it? says, he goes, he says, uh, I don't want people to think that my service is crap yeah. by accident. You know, I know that's not word for word. If you scroll back through our episodes, you'll find the, the episode with Taki. But essentially what he's saying is if his business doesn't look good in all his communication, somebody might accidentally think that he's not good. So, you know, represent exactly. yourself at, at a high standard. Greg, do you have any killer tips or was that that was the killer tip? I'll just say if you are looking for a designer, like look at their folio and, you know, that would be the, the first point before you, you know, sort of take the next step because if their folio sucks, then there's a good chance that what they do for you will suck as well. So make sure you resonate with their design style. Yeah, and I think also too, especially with branding, their, their examples should be current and you should be able to ask for them if you could contact that that brand or, you know, maybe don't even ask, you know, if they're showing off that they've done a particular brand's work and you can find that business, pick up the phone and ask them, how was the experience? Were you happy with the results? You know, I, I don't think that's a, a bad, like doing a bit of due diligence, I think is, is really important because just because somebody charges a lot doesn't mean they're going to do an awesome job. And just because somebody charges a little doesn't mean they're going to do an awesome job. So, you know, find somebody that resonates with you. You like their portfolio. Talk to their previous customers. And hopefully that will give you um, better chances than average to end up with a brand that's outstanding. Killer tip. I have one more, actually. It's actually at the bottom of the blog post. But, um, you know, if you survey your paying customers, and I kind of got this from... Um, from the Traffic and Conversion Summit that I went to, um, where really uh, someone was saying how if you're going to make a change in your business, and it might be branding, for instance, survey your paying customers and ask them you know, what they think of your, your brand and what it means to them. And then when you change the look of your brand, you can let them know that you listen to them and that influenced the new look. Yeah, nice, nice. Greg, that's been awesome. I, I, I'm actually really excited now. I'm looking forward to the next couple of episodes where we yeah, we delve deeper into the branding. So, listener, keep your eyes peeled. If you're not subscribing on iTunes, make sure you go over there and subscribe so you get notified when these next episodes come out. And thank you for joining us today, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks, Greg. Pleasure. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks for listening to The Real Magic Podcast. Hear more at therealmagic.com.